Locked on Steelers Tuesday episode here. We're going to talk about the Isaiah Simmons trade possibility a bit more in depth. To do that, we got Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. Lots of that and offensive line talk here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all your daily Monday through Friday uh, uh, episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders. He's back on the show from SteelersNow.com. Alan, it's great to have you back, but I got to address something that fans will not let go. And I get why they don't want to let this go. I understand it because the prospect of it potentially happening and it could be a fit would be very enticing if the Steelers could make it work. And that is a trade for a linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, from the Arizona Cardinals. Now, for some for people who might not be in touch with why this, this would be so enticing or so interesting, Isaiah Simmons was a top 10 pick by the Cardinals four years ago, and it has now come up on his fourth the fourth year of his deal. He was not given his fifth-year extension as a, as a first-round draft pick. And so now the question stands, what are the Cardinals going to do with him if you don't sign a guy to a fifth-year extension and someone comes calling with a trade, would you take it? And the question I think that everyone's asking is, how much would it take to get Isaiah Simmons? Now, here's the thing. Some people might be saying, well, if Isaiah Simmons is so bad that they don't want him, why should the Steelers get him? But I think it's the profile that Isaiah Simmons plays plays with with the with the Cardinals. He's a guy. He's six foot four, two thirty eight. He can move in space. He's a guy that can. And when he was coming out of the draft, he was positioned as a guy who could be a fast linebacker or a or a big nickel safety, a guy that could kind of play in that spot. Uh, he's he's had seven pass to passes defensed in back to back seasons. He's a guy that could fill the role of the more privy to cover linebacker that we've been talking that the Steelers need at the inside linebacker position. Allen, is this crazy or is this reasonable speculation from Steelers fans who just really want this to happen? Mm, That's an interesting question. I think it's probably crazy, but I don't think we should dismiss it out of hand because we're talking about a team that might do something crazy, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the part of it that, to me, like, if Isaiah Simmons was on the New England Patriots, we could stop talking about this right now. Like, right? Like, yeah, he'd just be like, oh, yeah. they're not going to do something dumb. All right, fine. Yeah, whatever. Nice thought. Not fat chance. Not happening. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the thing that, that maybe keeps me – thinking about this and like to a lesser extent Buda Baker too who's another guy that's been talked about as like could maybe be available and I'm not sure that anybody really knows what the Cardinals are doing what they're thinking um you know cutting DeAndre Hopkins like are they committed with Kyler Murray where is this team going um I don't think anybody knows it wouldn't surprise me if they're getting to a place that the Miami Dolphins were in 2019 where they're just like hold up, we got to hit the reset button on a lot of this. Um, I think that would be dumb, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do it. And, you know, being the team to take advantage of teams that are doing dumb stuff is a great position to be. I So, like, I 
I don't think it's likely, but I don't think we should dismiss it either. I, I feel you on the, uh, the 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 lack of likelihood because you are right. The Arizona Cardinals are very unpredictable right now. New coach, new direction. Lots of players they're paying expensive salary cap numbers to, like Buda Baker, who takes up sixteen point eight million dollars in cap space. Mark Mark Marquise Brown. Uh, thirteen point four million dollars in cap space. Kyler Murray, sixteen million dollars. Zach Ertz, eleven point six. James Conner, nine point four. And then right after him, and DJ Humphreys also at twelve point five. But when you go down seven spots, the seventh most expensive salary cap hit this year is Isaiah Simmons with six point five seven million dollars that they that they owed him for this year as the fourth year of his uh rookie rookie contract. But I, I look at that and I think that man. If it could work, it would be awesome, right? Like it would be like, okay, great. Maybe you give up a fourth or a fifth round pick or something along along those lines, and you get a linebacker who, at worst, he's an athletic player on on your defense. If he doesn't fit, he's gone. But in a year, and you don't have to worry about it. At best, you found a new young piece who can be part of your long long term plan. The guy's gonna only gonna be twenty five years old when the season starts. That's perfect age for things and you found an answer here and i think a guy again who was a, a top 10 pick uh way back uh way back in the in uh, the 2020 nfl draft um crazy to t- talk about it that way um but uh but a, a guy who was the eighth overall pick um i, I think that's that's great value and at least it it makes sense for their position needs right now especially when you look kind of look at the market right now for other off-ball linebackers and what those guys could bring if you just sign a guy that's still in free agency. Yeah, I mean, if you compare him to, like, a Quan Alexander, okay, who the Steelers have brought in for a visit and is, is mm-hmm. available, um, salary, probably going to be comparable. Um, yeah. You're going to have to trade something to get Isaiah Simmons, and I don't think it's going to be nothing. It might not be a lot, but, you know, the Cardinals are not in a place where they just have to make this move, so they're going to give him away for nothing. I I mean, I would be surprised if he's traded for less than a fifth-round pick. Wouldn't surprise me if he is able to net a little bit more than that. I mean, you saw – I mean, the Steelers gave up that from Malik Reed last year, right? Like, I mean, that's – Yeah. Know, like, you know. So, I think he he probably would, would command a little bit more than that. Um, but a really good player and a great fit. I think that's the thing – to me, that's the most enticing about this is that maybe more than any other player that could theoretically be available to the Steelers, whether it's in free agency or a trade, it's like, okay, what what does Isaiah Simmons bring to the table? Oh, well, he's a good pass rusher and is really, really good in coverage, and he's a pretty sure tackler. And he's only so-so against the run. And you look at him, and then you look at the pieces that they have, and guys like Landon Robertson and, and, Robertson and Mark Robinson and, and Cole Holcomb, you're like, Oh, he's he's the missing piece. He's the yes. he's the, the you know the, they the are the run stuff don't have right, and yeah. so I think that makes him super attractive to the Steelers, um, specifically maybe more so than other teams. Also, the Steelers are not shy about spending resources on the linebacker position the way a lot of teams are. The Steelers traded up to draft Devin Bush with the number ten pick. Now that didn't work. But, you know, there are some teams that don't put a lot of stresses on their linebackers. It's actually an interview with Vince Williams this week that I thought was really good mm-hmm. where he went into kind of in-depth about, like, look, the Steelers ask a ton out of their linebackers. The reason the Steelers keep swinging and missing on 
finding three down inside linebackers is not that they're bad at evaluating them. It's that they're asking like a nearly impossible task from these guys. And that's why we haven't seen one of those succeed in that role since, you know, Vince Williams and Ryan Shazier, like that, those yeah. were the last guys. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. If, if he's going to be traded, it makes a lot of sense for the Steelers to be heavily involved in that conversation. I hear you on that. If the Steelers can get in that conversation, Omar Khan's already been credited with making lots of moves that I think that people would feel felt like were unprecedented for the Steelers. The Steelers have made big moves, you know, throughout throughout the years, but I think that in a in a new era when you're when you don't have the big salary cap uh, hit of a, of a franchise quarterback uh, weigh, weighing your weighing your salary cap down, there's more flexibility to do things, and I, I think Isaiah Simmons is right in line with the po- a possibility that the Steelers should consider if if that if that's a real opportunity out there for the Arizona Cardinals. But who knows? The Arizona Cardinals they they are they are an enigma. Uh, a mystery wrapped in an enigma because they are just who knows what they're actually trying to do, letting go of DeAndre Hopkins. But maybe they are trying to get rid of uh, salary caps, salary cap space. Buda, if Buda Baker sold off, that would be I think that would be the ultimate fire sale. It's like, OK, yeah, everything's for sale. Uh, everything must go. Let's see what we can go in there and get. So we'll see what happens there. If they don't do that, they'll, 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 I do think they still need another option here, Alan. Yeah, I mean, look, Simmons. If the Steelers get Simmons, he only costs like one point one million against their cap or something like that. Yep. Like it's 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 an incredible deal. Yep. Uh, I I think you know, I think they should add an inside linebacker that is a coverage first guy like Simmons, maybe like Quan Alexander, um, somebody like that. I think that to me, look, I just don't think they have enough bodies at inside linebacker to even like go to camp right now like there's just not enough guys you know, you're you know you and i are at otas and we're watching practice it's like aaron curry and his three best friends like, <laughs> like it's like it's not gonna work uh when, when we get to training camp and they're gonna want to have you know th- three teams worth of guys so i just think they need bodies but i think very specifically someone that they feel like can come in as that coverage specialist guy uh be that third down linebacker um, be a little bit of a pass rusher. I really think really complements the skill sets they have. And so if it's not Isaiah Simmons, I think it should be someone like him. Absolutely. We're going to switch topics here and talk a little bit about the offensive line for the next two segments. I know we did that a little bit yesterday, but I have a correction to make about something that I said because I was not aware of something that Kevin Dotson had said on a pod, on another podcast. We'll talk about that here on the Locked on Steelers podcast in just a minute. Uh, don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any, any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America, and it's the best place that you can go to to take advantage of the opportunities with the NBA Finals, which are on fire right now. Game three in Miami, Wednesday night. Get your, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be exciting. The Heat and the Nuggets are throwing down, and FanDuel's giving you the opportunity to make as much money as you can off it. And if you're a new customer, FanDuel's got a great offer of the No Sweat First Bet, now up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if you don't hit on your first bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up today and claim your No Sweat First bet. You can bet on Nikola Jokic getting another triple-double. You can bet on who's going to win the series, who's going to win the game. Will Jimmy Butler win finals MVP? Who will, be, who will be the person that goes off for the Heat and gets the most points coming off the bench? It seems like every week there's someone else. But you can, you can bet on all those things on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot on a no-sweat first bet up to $22,500 when you join FanDuel today by going to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. As a, just a reminder, if you want to donate to our cause with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation all throughout the summer, we're going to be taking donations to the campaign that, that, that I have going. Go to the link that's on your screen right now, um, or use this QR code that's on your screen, or click on the link that's in the description of this podcast, either on YouTube or on audio platform. Donate anything you can. It's always appreciated. Anyone who can help out with the, with a very worthy cause for a condition that impacts or ten, or tens of thousands of americans every year um, we appreciate everyone who donates their 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 money and their time to the to the cause and if you donate at least ten dollars and you call in a question your question will get answered within a week of your donation so thank you very much uh for all those who've done that but let's move on to the Steelers. now i brought this up and i gotta apologize to a caller who called in with this jesse saldivar um, who called in a, a, a California Steelers fans who called in and asked about Kevin Dotson and saying, why is he saying these things in the media? And I was like, I mean, I was aware that he talked about how, um, uh, how he was not informed ahead of time with the move or talked to about the move of Isaac Siomalu, whereas he was talking about with Herbig and he felt a, a type of way about that. But in my interactions with Kevin Dotson in the locker room, I didn't sense any disdain. I just felt like a, a guy like, he understood his role and his responsibility, but he went on a Steeler Nation podcast and kind of said some things here, Alan, that seemed kind of provocative. He said, uh, and this is a quote right from the Steeler Nation podcast, I think this year most likely Broderick Jones won't play. I'm thinking they're just thinking about the future and drafting him. Of course, that's all I can think of. If he plays this year, I don't know. He's going to be a, a, a tackle, most likely the left tackle, um, because I don't think he's ever played right um and that kind of strikes me as odd there alan because i'm like why is kevin dotson speculating what the steelers are going to be doing with their first round rookie when right now kevin dotson needs to be worried about kevin dotson well i'm sure kevin dotson being worried is going to change anything for kevin dotson i mean he kind of came out and said as much like look when they pay somebody that much money they're going to play and you know i mean i think kevin dotson was okay last year but he had some some bad moments and, uh, you know, this guy's a fourth-round pick. Like, this is not, you know, I don't think his starting role is preordained for him at any point. I don't think he should uh, – I, I don't I, – I will credit him in, I think, taking the approach of, um, you know, nothing is guaranteed for him, right? Like, he, you know, he, he's a guy that is going to have to work for it and is going to have to earn it no matter what. And uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that mindset. Talking about his job. Mm-hmm. I think this – Thing about Broderick Jones is mostly just him sticking sticking up for the guy who's played the last two years to the next. True, him and Dan, Dan Moore have been in the foxhole. I, mean, I think that's that's what most and and I don't I think this is Kevin Dotson saying Dan Moore did not play bad enough that he needed to be replaced. Um, I think that's what I don't think this is anything about Broderick Jones. I think this is Kevin Dotson saying that 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 Dan Moore does not play bad enough in his opinion that he needs to be replaced right now, and and so. If you start from there, then you say, well, what are they doing drafting this guy? Well, maybe they're just drafting for the future. I think that's what he's saying. Um, I don't think he did it very eloquently. Uh, but I think I think there's probably something to that. Like, I don't think that Broderick Jones has to play this year for that pick to make sense for the Steelers. Hmm. Um, you know, if you look – I mean, look, they have – Moore's under contract this year and next. Okorafor is under contract this year and next. Like they drafted a guy having guys, right? So you do that because you you are looking for the future. And whenever, at some point, I think we all expect 
I assume that Kevin Dawson expects also. At some point, Broderick Jones is going to be a better left tackle than Dan Moore is right now. And when that moment is, then you make a move. But I don't think the Steelers are in a hurry to do that either. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, I, I don't really think this is him saying anything other than he thinks Dan Moore has been better than people think the last couple of years. And, and look, I, I think we've talked about this before. I, I would not be so very surprised if we get out there week one, San Francisco 49ers on the field and Dan Moore is a starting left tackle. That would not shock me at all uh, as we move through this process. It wouldn't shock me. But I don't know. The more and more I, I, I look at it and I look at what Broderick Jones could be and his capabilities, the more I think, Alan, that like, you know, I, I don't think it's as like, – at first for a little bit, I thought at least for maybe like week one and two, he might not be the starter. But the more – I you know, we're sitting at OTAs, we're talking to these guys, I really get an impression that Broderick Jones could be that guy day one if if he if he buys into what they're what they're selling him if he's able to limit you know mistakes in practice like if he's able to be a heady player while being a rookie I think that's the biggest thing out of all of this he has to come away clean he ha- he has to be able to you know win his one on ones and he has to avoid penalties no holdings no false starts you know avoid the mental errors if he does those things in, in my book Allen I think the Steelers might say you know what the ups his upside is worth it. And we have seen Tomlin handle rookies differently. You know, the, the Kevin, Kenny Pickett just last year, uh, you know, had to, had to wait his turn to like week four before he got, he got a chance. Granted quarterbacks different than, you know, most other positions, but we've also seen other rookies with the left tackle though. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities okay. there actually. Okay. And like, you know, that's a position where you want to have one guy, right? You do not, you're not platooning left tackles, right? Like it's not cornerback where like, is Joey Porter Jr. going to start the first game? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. He's going to play in the first game. He's going to play a whole lot. He's going to play a whole lot in every game. It doesn't matter whether he's ever the starter or not. It's irrelevant. Like, tackle is different. You want to play one tackle the whole game, just like quarterback. And I think um, it's a position that impacts other positions, just like quarterback. One of the reasons that teams don't just throw a rookie quarterback into the, wool, into the, into the void is because his play – hurts your or, you know, is important to your wide receivers well your left tackles play is really important to your quarterback I mean I think the idea behind a lot of the Steelers moves this offseason is protecting and giving more options to Kenny Pickett right better offensive line play uh you know two guards in free agency tackle in the first round of the draft gigantic tight end in the, in the uh later in the draft bringing in Allen Robinson like the, that 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 seems to be the key but none of that makes sense if you put a rookie tackle out there who's not quite ready yet and he makes a mistake and gets Kenny Pickett hurt early in the year. Like, that's that's undoing all of that work very quickly. And so, I, you know, I, I think Broderick Jones can be a very good player. And I think he can be a very good player this year. But I, I mean, this, I think the Steelers are going to be slow to this. And I, the other thing is, man, like, I think I've, I really like what I've seen from Broderick Jones so far, but – Man, I don't take hardly any stock in what I see from line minute OTAs. It, no, just, does, it just doesn't matter. Like I, I agree you, with that. You could be as good as you can be in OTAs. And first week at St. Vincent, TJ is going to take you all the way up the hill and into the locker room. Like, that, like that's just what's going to happen. And, and how he responds to that, I think, will be uh, a lot more telling for me than anything we're learning right now. No, I, I, I hear you on that. I just think that with Broderick Jones, I I kind of feel like the Steelers 
they might be, and especially with Dan Moore Jr. kind of getting, you know, starting to to work more of the the swing tackle option. He's working in some right tackle, uh, you know, work there in OTAs. And again, it's just OTAs. It doesn't mean you know like the world or anything. I, I get the impression the Steelers, if the Steelers were to start Broderick Jones, they would just they would add parts to their offense and wrinkles to their offense that would help protect him. One like quick releases when they know they have bad matchups, kind of like how they've done with Dan Moore Jr. Yeah, yeah, doing that already, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Like that's something they could do. But also maybe putting Darnell Washington on his side or just any tight end on his side when they go shotgun. If he if if he's if he's lined up there, they, Najee Harris is on his side rather than on Kenny Pickett's right. Um, that. I think that there's things to balance that with there. And I, I agree. There's no there's no need to force him to just be left tackle if he's not ready. I just – I don't know, man. I get the feeling that they're going to see this, this kid come out in, in August at St. Vincent College, and I think he's going to do just enough to kind of make it so-so with Dan Moore Jr. And if it's so-so, like if, it, if it's back and forth – they might lean to the young guy to say, "Hey, get in there. Let's let, let's let's work." Dan Moore, just be ready and on call for what we might, you know, if if he if he struggles or if we need you to go somewhere else. Because I think, and that's something we'll talk a little bit later. The Steelers' depth in the offensive line is in maybe the best position it's been in a long time. Really good depth, um, and you know, either way, they're going to have the best backup tackle they've had in. Man, that'd be a research project, actually. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I like Chris Hubbard was like a really good swing tackle for him back in his day. That that might be the time. It's been a while. It's it's been a long while since they had that kind of quality depth. Whichever one of them is starting, uh, and and the guard depth might even be better. And so that's that's a good thing for that line. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that depth in just a second here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's talk a little bit about the Steelers depth chart when it comes to the offensive line and the different pieces of it. Now, we should also note that the Steelers did sign a new player that's going to be added to that that depth chart, Jared Williams, a former Philadelphia Eagles who uh, comes in at 25 years old. Um, He had some experience kind of being on practice squads, bouncing around a little bit. Um, He was an undrafted free agent after 2022, and, you know, he he was with the Eagles for a year and bouncing around a little bit. But now he's brought in. I, you don't expect this guy to really be in any conversations, but I think it, it gives us the opportunity to talk about a little bit about this depth situation. Like you said, the offensive tackle depth, Dan Moore Jr., Chooksakor for Broderick Jones are your top three guys. But even LaRaven Clark, I think, is a solid veteran backup that you can put back there and say like, hey, if worse comes to worse, get in there and just don't get your butt kicked. Just stick with the plan. Don't get, you know, don't get your butt, don't get your quarterback killed and don't, don't cause it. Don't cause that many penalties. Um, and then that kind of makes it so like, been like four like, times in OTAs already. I've been like, who is 60? Yeah. Oh yeah. Clark. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's all right, man. Like mm-hmm. it's several times. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you got that. You even have the guy, Spencer Anderson, who they drafted in the seventh round, who could. Well, let's talk about him because I I think this signing of Jared Williams tells us something about Spencer Anderson. They've moved him around a lot already, right? He's played, I think. He can play any position. He's played, I've seen him play at least three spots. And I think Mm -hmm. he can probably do more than that. 
But, okay, they signed Jared Williams today to fill the 90-man roster and give them six tackles without including Spencer Anderson, right? So, right. to me, like, that that's three, that's three deep. Uh, that tells me Spencer Anderson is going to be an interior guy. And maybe he's an interior guy at center. Like, are, are we setting up a Kendrick Green, Spencer Anderson backup center battle? I, I could kind of see that from, from this move today. I, it's an interesting question there, and let's let's talk about uh, talk about Kendrick Green here because he he fits into this as well. Kendrick Green was kind of like you know in a position to battle with Kevin Dotson at guard last year, and in fact, around this time last year, both of them said we're 50-50 right now. It's it's kind of a back and forth battle um, to see who wins it out. Obviously, Kevin Kevin Dotson won it out, and then Kendrick Green didn't even dress for a game last season, but now. Kendrick Green, he's working back at center. They're looking for what for what he can do. And maybe Spencer Anderson can work his way into that conversation. But where do you see Kendrick Green fitting in for the Steelers? Is this, is this the it? Is this the end of the line for him? Or do you think he finds a way to be useful, at least coming off the bench for them? I don't see how he can make the team a guard. I just there's like unless yeah. there's a trade, like maybe they trade Dotson. Like if somebody is interested in in a guy with a bunch of starting experience, wants to give up something you know, useful to get him maybe, but like, I just don't see any other way that he makes the team a guard. You've got Samalu and Daniels and they're going to start. You've got Dotson, you've got Herbig and like Spencer Anderson is probably going to make the team because he's such a versatile backup and he can play guard. I just don't, Dan Moore. I mean, if he's the backup tackle, he could probably play guard too. And so I, like, I just don't see any way that, uh, that Kendrick Green makes the team as a guard. I think there's a chance for him to make the team as a center if he can be a better center option than than Anderson. They lost uh, J.C. Hassenauer, and so they don't really have a true backup center to Mason Cole. Uh, Herbig and, and Daniels have both done it, but I don't think uh, that's plan A anyway. So I, I could be interested in a Spencer Anderson, Kendrick Green backup center battle going into training camp. I think that makes a lot of sense for me. And look, Anderson's not making the team as a guard either. So if he's not a tackle and he's not a guard, I, I think he's a center. And so I think that kind of sets up our our position battles for training camp pretty well, where you have a battle for the starting left tackle uh, pretty clearly. You have a battle for the backup center pretty clearly. And I think everybody else is maybe in, in, in place. How many offensive linemen did the Steelers take with them to their final 53? Uh, well, I think you got to take nine um, because don't you get an extra game day spot if you dress so many? I, I don't know. I, I think nine to me makes sense. They're just too deep to to feel like that's a position where they're going to skimp on. Um, so I, I think I would take nine. You take nine. So let, let's assume – you know, the, the starters are easy. A core oh, four Jones Daniels. is on the team. Let's <laughs> yes, yes. But 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 let's say a core four Daniels, Cole, Seal, Malo, Jones, Moore. Is that, that accounts for six, six, with, six starters, yeah. Yeah, so so you got six, but I'm saying you, you have six guys there pending who who starts between Dan Moore and, and, and Broderick Jones. So then next you assume you'd keep Kevin Dotson, you know, being a starter. And Nate Herbig for year. a reason. Exactly. Right. So that's that's eight already. So then you're talking about is LaRaven Clark the guy? Is Spencer Anderson the guy? Is Jared Williams the guy? Is Kendrick Green the guy? And but I, I keep coming back to this. Who plays as the second center? Because we just named those guys there, Dan Moore Jr., Nate Herbig, Kevin Dotson. You know, I you know, I feel like at that point you now have 
four guards, five interior offensive linemen in a group of nine. You can't afford to – can you afford to add a sixth there, um, you know, and and only roll with really three bona fide offensive tackles and, and trust that? Or do you find a guy that can do both? Does Dan Moore Jr. become your guy that can kind of help with the interior a little bit more? You get rid of one of those extra interior offensive linemen and you still sign another tackle. Or you know, There's a lot of different ways this could go, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. I don't think backup center is actually like that big of a deal for them because like if Mason Cole goes out for the year, I think you just move James Daniels over. You have two backup guards that have both started, pick one of them, move them up, problem solved. Like, but you still need somebody uh, that can play five, 10 snaps. If, if it needs to happen in the middle of a game and you don't want to move your whole rest of your offensive line around. I think it, you know, to me, I think it's Kendrick Green or Spencer Anderson for that that last spot. I, I think if you know, you can hope that that maybe Anderson, if he's not that guy, makes it to the practice squad, or a guy like Williams or, or Clark can make it to the practice squad and be depth there. Uh, you know, I, they haven't really dressed four tackles, so if you're four tackles on the practice squad, I don't think that's a big deal to me right now. I mean, the other thing we got to talk about is this. You know. That was a historically healthy offensive line last year. It was. They're not going to have right. the nine guys we pick right now on the roster available healthy to them all year again. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, there's they're going to go through periods, uh, maybe long periods, where some of those guys are unavailable. And so uh, just because, you know, if we say the nine on the 53 right now, well, who gets hurt in training camp? Who gets hurt in the preseason? Who's on the injured Very reserve? Uh, you know, and then are some of these guys available to be called up as practice squad guys? So, I mean, it's a really deep unit. I think there's going to be one of the most difficult cuts there. If you're talking about look one one of those guys, right, Clark, Anderson, Green, uh, maybe Williams could be in that group. Like one of those guys is making the team. I think that's a tough cut right now. Um, but I think that's a sign of solid depth. It is a sign of solid depth. These are good problems to have, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. Steelers OTAs resume Tuesday. We'll, we'll, you know, Alan will be there. I will be there, as well as several other people. will keep you up to date with everything there. Alan, let people know I can find you, follow you, get more of your work. At A. Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. At PGH Steelers Now's website, SteelersNow.com. Check it all out. All the stuff for me, Nick, the whole team uh, at OTAs all week and all kinds of stuff going on. Talking about Chris stealing Kenny Pickett's car some more, and there's a warrant out, and uh, you know you're on the lamb. Uh, you're never gonna catch me. You need to get yourself some representation, sir. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say, sir, 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 sir. I am the representation. <laughs> what you talking about? They're never gonna catch me. Yes, so so going along with this joke, by the way, we we have time here at the end of the podcast. Uh, going along with this with, with, with this joke we've had here. So for those who don't remember, Kenny Pickett's car was stolen a couple weeks ago. It was stolen by a gentleman by the name of Christopher Carter. He's not me. He's a 60-year-old man from Murraysville. But it's been a great joke that we've been playing all uh, all the last two weeks here. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to Kenny about it because I was wondering if we if he would talk last week. And I was wondering if, if like... If he even like, does he even know if it's his name? Because like, there's certain people who like who like you know. I talked to like members of the Steelers PR staff, and they're like, his name is what? What? That's crazy! I'm like, how did you guys not know? Like, you guys had the. I thought you guys would have easily seen this and like had like security waiting for me when I got to the facility or something. They don't read anything we write, Chris. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's all that means. It's just but, putting it out in the ether. They don't care. But 
we're, we're, we're at this point now, though, where everybody's in on the joke because everybody's tagging me. Is is so this guy? So he steals the he steals the car, and it's it's and it's 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 that. So then he had a court date on Monday, and then he didn't show for his court date. So now there's a warrant out for his arrest. And so I am like, okay, man, like don't 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 get me in trouble. Like the cops pull me over. <laughs> don't drag me into like, this. Like like, like, they, 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 like Christopher Carter, we got we got we got a potential uh, Kenny Pickett the car thief here. Uh, well, we read one minute. I, I don't need these problems, man. Come on, somebody. So, yes, the Christopher Carter is on the lamb. It's not me, but you know, hey, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, and we'll keep up this joke as long as we can, uh, here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Remember, OTAs resume Tuesday, so we'll have, we'll have updates on that and talking on the Wednesday episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Stay tuned, a lot of stuff coming there for you, and then, uh, We'll keep you rolling. And uh, after that, this is the final week of OTAs, minicamp around the corner. There's the last activity before St. Vincent College. You can feel the season creeping towards. All that and more on the Locked on Steelers podcast moving forward. We'll see you then.